All the sports are plays. All sports are plays. All sports are plays. We're making a place, you talking the game, get you to the days. We're high in the court, they're dying in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentation, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they're working your faces. Grace at the field, so type the laces. All sports, all plays. Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast. The Arizona Cardinals are seven. And no, I'm going to say that one more time. The Arizona Cardinals are seven. And no, I never, ever, ever, ever in my wildest dreams thought I would be watching an Arizona Cardinals team do what they are doing. But here we are. They are kicking ass. They are taking names. And it's just what J.J. Watt said last week. Maybe we're just fucking better. And maybe they are just better. I think they are. The crew thinks they are. So we're going to start getting into it here. He's on fire podcast. Talking about the Phoenix Suns 1 and 2. Tar- tar- talking about the Arizona Cardinals 7-0. and Can they go 8-0? Sun Devils. They have a little hope all of a sudden. We're going to get into everything here. He's on fire podcast. And it is good. It's coming, Matthews, Palmer extending the play, crosses the field, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, it's insane, to the four-yard line. Crowder looking, throws an alley, oh, he puts it down, he puts it down! They're getting a little wobbly. have a limited amount of time tonight to talk about everything we need to so we need to get into it right now gonna bring in my man jj here amit of course and for the second straight time jay ness jay ness how we feeling my man oh man if you're not feeling good as arizona fan today i don't know what would make you feel good seven and oh you guys seven and oh and we and, and yeah we had a little bit of a struggle again but look the, coming over or getting over these little humps when we do have them in the game is is what we want to see. I'd rather see us have struggles and overcome them than, you know, come into Houston, just blow them by, come in and just blow these teams out. So I'm loving the, the little struggles that we have in the beginning, working it out. You can see the coaching, the regrouping, the, you know, assessment of the game plan is going on. So I'm loving it. Hell yeah. I love the comments, too, that we have in the chat so far. Vlogs and Roy, what is going on, y'all? Uh, JJ, how are you feeling now? Considering the Suns struggles maybe a little bit, but the Cardinals are 7-0. Talk to me, JJ. Uh, uh, it was a a good Sunday overall. Uh, the game, you know, was good after the first quarter. But, uh, yeah, I feel good. Uh, ASU had a bye. Uh, didn't have to deal with that. Thank and, uh, God. And then that Lakers game really cheered me up over the weekend. You know, we can go and uh, we can talk about the Portland game. There really isn't much to talk about. Uh, it's just, you know, give us 10 games, guys. You know, like, let's get the things moving. We have three games in uh, four nights. 
let, let's pump the brakes a bit. You know, we performed against the Lakers. Uh, this Portland team is really good. They have a lot of new additions and stuff and a lot more people to watch out for. So uh, we know for next time. So let's pump the brakes on that. But 7-0, 7-0. And that's where we're going to uh, start with. Amit, I want to know how you're doing. But my first question is also going to be to you. You and I kind of thought this was a little bit of a trap game, and it seemed like it in the first quarter. But first, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing great. Um, you know, it is what it is. And uh, it's funny that this team could play sloppy and still cover what became a 19-and-a-half-point spread. Like, they played sloppy, and they still covered the spread. So that just tells you either yeah. Houston's really bad or the Cardinals are really that good. And um, they're probably somewhere in between. We're good. We're good. We're yeah. definitely good. But are we, you know, the thing the thing that worries me with this team is um they they just like the stuff with Kyler, like he he put himself into position to get hurt and we're in, in that part of the season and it was against a defensive line that was like who is who is this Collins dude that's coming up you know up the middle getting these sacks. And uh I just I'm worried about Kyler. I'm worried about the RPO. I think we need to I think we need to dial that back again. Like they, they ran it too many times. They ran it at the goal line. And uh and he almost got hurt on that play. So, you know, I'm just the team looks strong. I mean, if we can just hold it together, we're not gonna go 16 and 0, but we're we're gonna be a one or two seed in the in the NFC. I don't know. There's a lot of good NFC teams that only have one loss, and it's still a long season. This only guarantees us a 7-10 and 10 record at this point. So, Cardinals fans, we do need to pump the brakes to a point, but, hell, act like you've been there before. We still haven't been here. And it, it, weekly, we keep saying that we haven't been here. Uh, JNS, what did you see from the Arizona Cardinals to, to start off? Are you frozen or are you with us? Uh-oh. No, I'm here. Uh, so I uh, can you? Yep, yeah. Yep. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So no, I mean the beginning of the game again. Uh, the the offensive line had its struggles. Um, I I felt like uh, you know Texans were were coming in and kind of containing our passing um, attack a little bit, and Kyler was kind of lost out there reading that defense. And it led to a lot of coverage sacks. Um, he wasn't able to get out of the pocket, uh, escape. Um, and they were staying in their lanes, uh, I, I caught, in the first half or the first quarter a lot more, um, you know, the game. They lost that discipline as time went on. So that was good for me, um, you know, looking at that team and coming again. Like I said, guys, I don't want them to come in here and just blow out teams. I want to have those bumps. I want to have those struggles. Left Cliff have to make those adjustments on the fly. I completely agree, you know. which kind of leads to, to where I'm curious about, like, I don't want to say flaws because we won the game 31 to five, but the flaws in the first half were those, do you think, attributed to Cliff Kingsbury just getting back today? JJ, do you think that's at all possible? I mean, we don't really know the dynamic and I tried to find some stuff post game, but I was busy doing some family stuff. So hopefully one of you guys knows, I don't know what the dynamic was on the coaching staff. If it was all cliff and he just got back or if he shared some responsibilities, but JJ, give me your take. Uh, I mean, post game, cliff said uh, he felt disconnected and not all the way there. Uh, you know, uh, he's been out for a while. 
at, at home under quarantine and stuff. So yeah, de- definitely hopping back uh, is definitely gonna be a struggle. I'm not gonna kill Cliff for it. There was only a couple plays where I questioned, especially on that uh, that safety uh, that safety play. Uh, uh, Kyler in the shotgun right at the one. Why? But. Uh, yeah, that's, that's Cliff right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Cliff. But I, goal I'll line like, either end. He's in shotgun, man. Yeah, but like, uh, really, moral of the story for the first quarter is just our O line just wasn't expecting uh, the Texans D just to fucking bomb rush them. Uh, I'll give them credit. Like, they definitely came out with a chip on their shoulders, and they really wanted to kill Kyler early. But uh, like, after I texted, uh, we need to get Max Garcia out. Like after the game, he liked my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh yeah uh, they uh shaped up uh we uh again we had a a miss uh a, a miss snap uh, like went right, right over kyler and stuff but you know we make up the yards uh, kyler was unbelievable this game when uh everything just started clicking and uh it was good to see uh jj watt and hopkins just like pumped up they definitely had a different energy with them today oh i mean Absolutely. I don't know if anybody saw the thumbnail that I made for this. I had to put Bill O'Brien on that thumbnail. He deserved to be Thank you. Absolutely. We trust. (laughs) Unbelievable the robbery that we continue to to commit every time DeAndre Hopkins catches a ball. The thing that we have been talking about week after week after week has not changed today. And let me throw this out to you, Amit, and please comment on it. Zach Ertz, three receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Green, three reception, receptions and 66 yards. D-Hop, seven for 53 and a touch. Christian Kirk, four for 50 and a touch. Meanwhile, Rondell Moore just continues to be the dude that everybody is scared of. He'll go in every single which way, pre-snap movement. Everybody's following him. He only had two for 17. But just the, the threat of him being there open so many so many things up don't quite get into zach ertz on it because i want to talk about him specifically but that receiving core just we've said it time and time and time again there's not one star even though we all know it's d hop but the receiving yards are so spread out we can talk about kyler's inefficiencies and his four sacks today dude still put up three touches and 266 61 yards talk to me about the receiving core again please we have the best receiving core in nfl i mean that's clear like the the squad is is strong. There's there's a couple things. Uh, Kyler made a couple bad throws. He made that interception, and then he overthrew D Hop in the end zone, right? But other than that, he was pretty accurate the entire game. Um, Zach Ertz made a really difficult catch for just to catch a first down. Um, AJ Green was just there. Yeah, D Hop just does what he does. Kirk he dropped a catch he should have made. I don't know if you guys remember. It was a yeah. laser pass. From Kyler, he should have caught that on third down. I mean, you know, but I'll give him that, right? Like he's a he's the third receiver, so you know it's it's hit or miss with him. Um, but I mean, we have the best receiving core, and Kyler is not afraid to spread the ball to everyone. He's not going to lock on on D Hop. He's not going to lock on and chase Edmonds. Like he should, yes, right. Like he's not just going to drop it off. He he. I saw like there was so many plays. I rewatched the 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 game once, and it, like there was multiple guys open. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going deep. He's like, we can get the first down on third down or we can get a touchdown. And I'm going to I'm grab the touchdown real quick. Um, so, I mean, and, and his accuracy, like I said, was great. Except for uh, two or three throws in the game. But, I mean, we have the – I mean, and, and Rondale Moore, 
his motion and what they're putting him in just confuses uh, the defense. Even though he doesn't get like big breakout plays, he had a, he, I think he got like one first down uh, screenplay, but yeah. and his punt return was great too. But um, you know, he, there, he's just that like decoy that just confuses everything. Yeah, um, I think just, I think Chase Edmonds kind of benefits from him as well. Yeah, because um, yeah, they can't absolutely. key in on Chase, and and he's such a quick guy out of that backfield that they're so worried about where Rondell is going and you still, you got to keep eyes on um, D hop. And then AJ green is so sure handed right now. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. You know, he he's making everything just gel. So chase is kind of like the odd, odd man out there where he's kind of the one that's kind of left alone and he's able to make those, those big plays on second and third down. And he's exactly what this offense has been missing. And then out of absolutely nowhere, we trade for Zach Ertz, who immediately, immediately had an impact today. Three for 66 and a touch, five targets, two kind of miscommunications, but we'll get there. But but the throws were there and we were we were going for him early, which I honestly thought he might only get two or three targets. I really wasn't sure what to expect in a in a short week with him being traded, Cliff being out. I really wasn't sure, but they put him in a position to succeed and he had his longest career reception. I think it was reception, not just touchdown reception, his longest reception of his career, 47 yards. Jay Ness, talk to me about Zach Ertz and what you specifically saw out of the tight end. And first of all, how fast he is and how big a target he is for Kyler, man. Well, there's one thing. Let's get this straight. Cliff Kingsbury's offense, as much as it's receiver heavy, it's it's so crucial that he has a tight end and a tight end that can really receive and, and go out there and run routes. And, and that's what we Morrow saw in college. He was huge in college for him, by the way. And he was a great route runner. And that's the thing, you know, at that tight end position, it's not just getting open. It's not just finding the spots. It's running that precise route to gain 15, 20 yards on a catch. And that's the positions that his tight ends are usually in. So for Ertz to get out there with that speed, have that disadvantage on linebacker, which we all know uh, as Cardinal fans, we're line, uh, tight ends kill us. You know, you know, lining up, having a linebacker have to cover that tight end, that, that speed, especially a speedy tight end, um, it, it's a hard thing to do. So now us adding that element, keeping the, the weapons we've had on, on the receiving core, just it, it really makes us like having a nuke for real. I know we got D Hop and his nickname is Nuke, but it really is like having a nuke on offense when we start passing the ball. Um, because it's just dynamite with with Ertz coming out there and then his chipping. That's the part that you know I noticed that he's able to chip and get back, you know, to his route. It doesn't knock him off. Like Max Williams, it would he would chip. And he would have a delay to get into his route because his his feet are not as quick. So that's one of the biggest things that I, I was able to see on Ertz is he's able to chip and, and it doesn't take him off and it doesn't kick, kill his timing on the speed that Cliff wants that play to be ran. Yeah, I, you know, I'll just add one thing on that. Like with with Ertz, like it, it means something when you can throw a ball and, and, and take the pressure off the offense and that guy's two yard two yards short of the first down and you still get your first down. Like as Travis Kelsey levels of like play, like you can just continuously move the ball. And, and Kyler did it a couple times in this game with him. And I think maybe with Chase Edmonds, but like, you know, look at that guy. Did, I, I don't know if any of y'all saw, saw Max Williams yeah. today. Yeah. 
tweeting that out, but I just wanted to share that. Go ahead. No, I saw that. And I'm, I feel bad for the guy, but I mean, he's, he's an asset too when he comes back, but th- th- this offense is just, it's spread. It is completely spread. You, you know, one of the biggest things that, you know, we're going to start seeing is especially around the goal line, we're going to have more in our tool bag. And I think that first quarter uh, was us trying to fill out how Ertz was going to fit and how Kyler was going to be looking for him across the middle. Because I felt a couple of times in the beginning of the game on, on the couple passing plays, Kyler was kind of filling Ertz out and left some players open that he should have thrown to. Um, and it caused him to, you know, end up getting either sacked, having to throw the ball away, or just a bad kind of play altogether. So later on in the game, as we saw, like that 47-yard pass, Ertz is wide open in the middle of the field on like a deep slant, and he just stops like, yo, give me the ball. I'm here. So that's that that veteran presence on the receiving end of, on the tight end position that we haven't had. It's going to be beautiful to see that worked out, you know. It's been a while since we've seen a guy be able to go over the middle and do that kind of thing. I mean, I venture to say since Anquan Bolden. I mean, Michael Floyd was an outside dude. Yeah, Steve Breston had his moment. I thought early Doucette could be him. But it's been a while since we had a dude that could definitely go over the middle and bruise other people. You know what I mean? Exactly. Besides Anquan Bolden, those other two you said, they're getting bruised. Exactly. Exactly. And Michael Floyd is just going over and, and catching things over people and then getting DUIs. But that's a whole <laughs> different story. Uh, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Now, we knew coming in that their attack wasn't really going to be an attack. But I was still afraid like this could be one of those games where the defense is going to lighten up a little bit. But 160 yards. We only They only had 49 plays, y'all. They have 49. You keep any team except for, oh, shit, what game was it? Uh, it was just over the weekend. I, I forget what game it was. Wake Forest maybe put up like 70 points on 23 plays in like 12 or 15 minutes. Some ridiculous stat. Like that doesn't happen. But you keep an Yeah, NFL unless you're averaging team, like 60 yards a pass. <laughs> which they basically were. Um, I'll find it in my retweets and pass it on. But you keep an NFL team to under 50 plays, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to win. We didn't even really win the turnover battle. I mean, it was one-to-one, but we threw a bad interception. We got lucky on a fumble. Not really lucky. Marcus Golden is just a beast. But defensively, we just came in there and did what we needed to do again. 25 minutes they had the ball to us with 34.03 or almost 26. Uh, JJ, talk to me about the defense, about you mentioned it earlier, JJ Watt coming out, and then I want to touch on Chandler Jones um, in a minute. Uh, If you can describe this uh, defense with one word, it's pressure. Like we bring it every game. Pressure Watt. Yeah, like JJ Watt was there uh, like all – on the back of his neck, uh, practically the whole game, he did uh, get that one sack. Almost had two, but Mills had to throw it away. But Marcus Golden, man, like what? How much more can you say about him? He is, he's a dog, and he's uh, he now has a uh, six sacks. He passed uh, Chandler in the in the sack run right now with our team, and he, like he's just been balling out these last couple of weeks. And uh, uh, Buddha Baker, like he was reading this offense, like. Top like top to bottom, like he uh, had some good uh, jumps over the line. Uh, Jalen Thompson, 
yeah, Jalen Thompson too. And then uh, Alfred, uh, he uh, had a few good tackles today too. Like our defense has been really performing the, the last couple of weeks, uh, despite us not having Zach Allen and Chandler Jones and uh, 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 Peters and stuff. So uh, like this defense is really good. Yeah, we're going against not a so good Texans team, but doesn't matter. Go, yeah, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We, we, we did it against Cleveland. We did it against the Titans and the Titans just beat and the Rams Chiefs today. Hey, and the Rams. So this team is for real, especially this defense. And it looks like Chandler Jones is going to be back for uh, for Thursday. So we can really see what our defense could do against probably one of the goat, uh, uh, one of the goats. So uh, Chandler Jones, there was a report that came out that he lost 15 pounds since COVID, and then Chandler Jones came out and false, yeah. retweeted that and was like, "Yeah, that's a false report." So I appreciate uh, his candor and his honesty, Chandler. So we appreciate that. I was a little shocked by that. I was like, damn, in 10 days, I, I can see it. But if you're coming back to football, you're losing 15 pounds. Like something didn't add up. So I'm glad he said something like that. Amit, yeah. you wanted to say Jalen Thompson. And I've been on the Jalen Thompson train since game one this season. Talk to me about him and and a couple other, other things that you saw on the defense. Isaiah Simmons was our leading tackler tonight. <sighs> Isaiah Simmons just he in space he can find a player even if it's a good player that can make you know make make plays and he's just seeking out their legs and just taking them out I mean like constantly in the backfield right and and yeah. and, say, and Jalen Thompson he just he's coming up and making plays but you don't hear his name in the secondary when he's you know covering but he, he he's playing excellent I mean the entire team is playing so good excellent defense and we have to take a take a step back and be like, okay, well, we played a really bad team. Like we probably played the worst team in the NFL, but at the same time, we made a lot of mistakes. Like we gave them, uh, was it Byron Murphy that got the, the, uh, unsportsmanlike penalty yeah. for head buddy, yeah. which I was like, that's kind of bullshit. Cause if you're, if you're giving them that, <laughs> then how come Kyler isn't getting a 15 yard penalty for getting his helmet grabbed in, in the safety. Exactly. Go back and watch that. He got grabbed in the helmet. So, I mean, the defense, and they stopped another third and two play. They stopped a fourth and five, fourth and five. Like, the defense on third and fourth down and short is is just – is they, they just – there's so much speed to get to the ball. Like, you have to dial up something that's going to surprise these guys because they, they know how to get there. Hey, One burner, thing I'll say. Account, real, real quick, burner account. He's on fire! That is just for you. Go ahead, Jamie. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I really think that uh, at the end of the day, you know, I really got to tip my cap, my cap on both sides of the ball to DeAndre and J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, because I, I really see these guys buying into the system of the team and you don't see DeAndre out there like giving me the ball. I mean, with a guy of his caliber, he you threw know, that to have for James Conner on a touchdown. Yeah, yeah exactly. and, like, and he man. should be he should be top three receiving yards and receptions every single year in the NFL. And for him to be doing, you know, receiving the amount of receptions that he's receiving right now, and it be so evenly blanketly laid across the team, and him not complaining, you don't see any frustration, you don't see any of that. And and that's the one big part about this team that I'm loving right now. Even even if you look at JJ Watt. If you look at his box score today, if somebody was just looking at his box score, they'd be like, man, what is he doing out there? Uh, I think he had one tack, yeah, one tackle, one, one tackle, tackle for a loss. loss. But, that was it. Yeah, and, and so, but yeah. his impact, exactly. But his impact, if you're watching the game, he was all over the place. So, 
again, and that's where the Marcus Golden part comes in. And I'm going to say this, you know, Marcus Golden had a had a hot start in his New York debut when he went back over there and then it kind of um, doled off towards the end. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and um, you know, I really think that this is a marriage for him. He, he shouldn't go anywhere else. <laughs> he plays very well with this team. For some reason, when we plug him, he does very well for us. We plug him in the right places. It's just a good marriage. This needs to go on for his rest of his career, man. I uh, speaking of that, I don't know if anybody else saw some post game stuff. I want to share this real quick, and I'm gonna get the sound back on, and I'm gonna full screen it. Um, just I don't know if anybody saw this, but I just want to play this real quick for y'all. Oh, and there's no sound to it. Come on, for shame. Uh, so unfortunately sound isn't playing for whatever reason right now um he just came out and said the best day of his life was when he got drafted by the arizona cardinals uh second day was when he got traded back to the arizona cardinals he feels like he's supposed to be here and he's an arizona cardinal and wants to be here for life like if he's not an arizona cardinal the rest of his life fire steve's problem (laughs) yeah fire steve and i mean i love i love wouldn't have had and I think we wouldn't have had as as much. Um, we wouldn't have gave uh, Hassan Reddick as much time at that position if we would have still had Marcus Golden around. Because we would have been able to move him around. We would have been able to make up on defense for those issues. So I really think that really screwed Kime letting him go. And he figured it out. You know what I mean? But it was already too late. But now, you know, I, I love having him back. Yeah, um, I'm going to try to share it one more time just so you can hear it in his words. Let's see what it does here. Come on, work for us. That was the best day of my life. Me getting I even clicked the box and everything. Nothing. Anyways, we'll we'll, uh, we'll leave that as is. But real quick, before we move on to some Phoenix Sun stuff, we got a few more minutes to recap. Oh, I could it. hear it. You could hear it? It was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. working? Oh, man, I couldn't hear it. Crazy. Um. Anyways. Let's move over to the rushing side of things. We've been talking about the discrepancy between Chase Edmonds and James Conner and whatnot. Today, Chase Edmonds had 15 for 81. James Conner had 10 for 64. He got the touchdown again. I think Chase Edmonds is still uh, still looking for his first touchdown of the year, which he'll get one. He'll get one when, when we need it, though. It'll be a game when we really need it. So It'll be I'm, a receiving touchdown, I bet. Let's remember yeah. this. What is it? Yeah. Episode 18, 26, yeah. 21, Mark. Ahmet um, says that. I'm going I'm to keep that one on there. But uh, rushing, uh, JJ, talk to me about the rushing game. What did you see from James Conner and Chase Edmonds? Uh, I, I know uh, y'all are really high about uh, Conner being the starting uh, running back, but truly I believe Edmonds should be because uh, like Conner is a specific set of like uh, just gaining yards. Edmonds is more of like, uh, let's see if uh, uh, if he can uh, get some yards. Connor, you know you're going to get at least five to six. So uh, Edmonds had a few couple runs. Uh, he got hit in the feet a couple times. He almost had a, a good amount of uh, breakout runs. But as uh, soon as Connor was swapped in, like like four or five yards, uh, like a rush, it felt like. And then that, uh, uh, that run uh, that he got, uh, that touchdown, was a great uh like hit like him and Edmonds like cutbacks are like second to none and uh like they're every game they're just getting better and better and it, it just shows how how like lethal 
our whole offenses and the, the oh. fact that like like nothing could be clicking for uh Kyler and the rest of the offense if we still have Connor and Edmonds holding their own like we're getting first downs I have to disagree with you on the on on Chase Edmonds being the starter I still think it's Connor cuz Connor like he moves a pile man like by one Oh, never mind. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep that on there and hope and pray for a loss. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah, he just moves the pile, and I think any play you run for James Connor, you can run for Chase Edmonds. But I don't think it works the other way around. And I think that's why I like Connor. And he's he. I mean, dude, you you, you got he's running hard. Like he is running hard every play. Yeah. But see, I think I think to to JJ who's to JJ's point, I kind of agree with him more because, again, every time I see James Conner run the ball, when at the end of the play, I feel like the play was over. Every time I watch Chase Edmond run the ball at the end of the play, I'm like, dang, he all he needed was just that one block, or all he needed was just that one extra step, and that was this, or that was that 50-yard play that we've been waiting for, that that breakout. So to me, um, I agree with JJ. Chase Edmonds is our home run hitter. Chase Edmonds is the one where if you make a mistake, he's taking it to the end zone. And again, we haven't, he hasn't gotten a breakaway yet, but progressively every week this running attack is getting better this offense is getting more efficient players are feeling more comfortable in their roles they know where they're supposed to be i'm starting to see you know bigger holes open up for these 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 running backs and you know to to both your guys's points as far as their cutbacks like you said it's next to none so once these holes really start opening up and the defense have to react to them like really react hard to these holes these cutbacks are going to start you know, fruit, giving more fruit to them. Um, we're we're going to start reaping more benefits from them. So I really think Chase Chase is our starting co- uh, running back, and that's because he has that big big home run ability. It's a good problem to have. John Morant, John Morant makes free throw one of three, so he got Ooh. fouled oh, on a three-point oh, shot. Come on, Ja. Let's go, two of makes three. Two. Let's go. Come Let's on, go. Ja. Come on, come on. 118 to 119 with 2.5 left in the fourth. It's doing something weird. Job ja misses free throw three of three. Defensive Wait. rebound. Lakers win by one. Fuck. Are you kidding me? God ja damn it, Ja. For a dude that had yeah. 40 points, you couldn't get 41. Can we segue into that? So, we, I mean. Damn. Can we talk about the Rondo? <laughs> can we talk about the Rondo and the fan? <laughs> uh, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> You got do you guys want to do any any uh NFL recap and look to uh a Thursday night real quick? Oh yeah, yeah, let's do that real quick then we'll get into the NBA stuff. Um Packers game. Uh, uh real quick, I personally think James Conner needs to be the running back, but I understand why you you have to give the touches to uh Chase Edmonds. You I think everybody is right here and that's the beauty of what we have and our rushing attack isn't solely focused on one dude. Mm-hmm. We're getting over a hundred yards a game, which in the Beanie Wells days, he was getting 80 and 90. <laughs> Marcel Ship yeah. couldn't do that. Edron James was getting 80, 90 yards a game. You know what I'm saying? We're like getting 140 to 152 on, so. on 32 touches. That's what exactly. I'm saying. Exactly. So it, yeah. it doesn't even matter right now who it is, but the way they're utilizing him is is almost perfect. But I would like a little more aggression maybe to start the game and then spread it out 
with Chase Edmonds. But that's just my take, and I don't know if it matters right now, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, well, well, let me ask you this real quick before we move off of it. Do you think our rushing attack, a lot of it is just because we're at, like, second and two? So we're like, all right, just get these couple yards. Let's keep the chains moving type of thing more than let's design a play that's get us seven or eight yards or – you know what I mean? Because that's where no, because I feel like we're in because there. those third and ones, we're still breaking them for like eight yards. Like there, there's massive holes, and it's the same, same, uh, same formations. You know, it's going to be a running play, and they're still and they're ripping just it off, giving it to them. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of action tonight. Before we get into the uh, Packers uh, and stuff on Thursday night football. There was a lot of really good action today in the NFL. Let me share my screen back real quick. We'll bring this in here. Let me see if I can zoom in just a touch more on this side over here. So Packers go ahead. They, they're six and one now. They're going to be on a short week going to us. They take care of business against Washington, which is struggling without really not that great a quarterback play, but Terry McLaurin is still doing his thing. Titans absolutely pounded Crazy the Chiefs game. today. And that was beautiful. Did you guys see what happened to Patrick Mahomes in, at the end of that game? Uh, when he, he got, got no. cuts. Yeah, the helmet helmet. Yeah. He, he took a knee to the face and his, he got whiplash. That, that's what, like, I saw that right before the Kyler. That's spot. what you're talking about with Kyler, right? Yeah, and I just got worried. Absolutely. As yeah, he that should. Mahomes hit was gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, need to not put Kyler in those situations if we can yeah. afford it, but it is an asset. You got to keep it ready to go. Maybe we don't put him in the shotgun as much but that's obviously not going to happen uh congratulations roy first off your braves <laughs> took down the the dodgers thank you roy uh, i know that you were, it was too. all because of you it was all because of you they took down the dodgers so i just hope for you guys' sake down <laughs> in atl where i lived for six years that it's not another 28 to 3 debacle or some shit like oh, that man. so <laughs> good luck to y'all another chapter in atlanta sports i i can't wait for the world series that's like one of the things i actually do watch so i'm gonna be having that on watching some world series action in october because the there's nothing like it yeah. uh falcons took care of business 30 to 28 kyle pitts went off seven for 163 uh patriots dismantled the jets say goodbye to zach wilson's season now yeah. giants taking care of the Panthers. remember when the panthers were three and oh yeah. I was worried about playing the Panthers later in the year. I don't think I'm worried at all anymore, man. I, Donald got benched. Well, yeah. Yeah. You lose four in a row in this type of nature. You're not even getting your best wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, involved in really anything. It's, it's surprising what the hell is going on down there, considering I thought I mean, Matt it's not. did a damn good job with Teddy Bridge. Last year, I mean. I mean, but it's not surprising. I mean, they went from Teddy Bridgewater, which was a, a, a game manager, to a more scarier t thrower to me. He has way more timid, uh, you know, uh, timidness to him. And then you lose your running back, so your running back is gone. You have no running game now, so you're yeah. forced to pass with a quarterback yeah. that don't like to I pass. Mean, well, they don't have. They didn't have a running back. They didn't have CMC last year. He was out half the year too. But you had, but you had, you had a guy that was okay with passing the football. Like you know, I don't think Sam throws, throws right. Like I, I feel you. Those, I feel you. Do a lot of screen throws, like make it easy for a quarterback. I yeah, feel exactly. you. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. But either way, three and zero, losing four in so, a row. Yeah. To these types of teams, that's 
Yeah, that's not good. That rule is going to be on the hot seat next year if this keeps up. Bengals, this was Yo, the bro. surprise of the day, man. Bengals taking care of business. They Did you guys see any of this game? I, I absolutely yeah. did. 460 yards, three touches by Joe yes. Burrow. Jamar Chase went absolutely fucking nuts. This and Joe Mixon, you, too. They, they Joe, balled out. You have to watch. When is Baltimore's bye week? They need a break. For for their for their <laughs> sake, for their sake, it's got to be soon. Um, then I want to get into standings r- real quick. Raiders again took care of business without John Gruden. Without Maga, Maga Gruden wasn't there, and they took care of business with the Eagles. Eagles are just continuing that slide. I thought the Lions had a little bit of a glimmer of hope today, but of course they turned out to be the Lions and the Rams with the Rams. They were almost there. It was thirteen. They had to do. And yep. I was hoping for the 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 Jeff uh, Jared Goff revenge game, and no, that should be drilling. Drilling. Yeah, I mean, I it's very yes, possible. John. I I lived in Michigan when they went zero and sixteen, or oh, they they could go zero and seventeen this year. By the way, yeah, seventeen games. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. Think I don't so. think so either. I think they have too much talent, unlike the years before with DeAndre Swift and whatnot. But shh, yeah, and they look better than the, they look better than like the Texans and the Jets, and then yeah, yeah, so, oh yeah, I, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. But you still got to win what's in front of you, and they ain't doing it. Uh, <laughs> Buccaneers absolutely dismantled the Bears just in the first quarter and a half. That wasn't a game. NFC West here. Colts taking care of the 49ers. I can't wait to go on Quest for the West with our guys at 49ers Cutback on Tuesday. I'm sorry. I have to ask him about Jimmy Garoppolo because he was hyping him up. So watch Quest for the West on on 49ers Cutback. Earlier in the week on Thursday, we saw the Browns I kind of take care of the Broncos to a point. I don't know. That was an ugly game. And then tomorrow night, we got Saints and Seahawks, which we'll give our predictions before uh, we we get out of here. Uh, we're going to go to the standings real quick and just check this out, you guys. Little congestion right here, but everybody thinks the Bills are probably going to run away with that. Look at this right here. Five and two, five and two, four and three, three and That's three. That's crazy. That's nuts right there. Next one coming in. The Colts handling business. They're, they're in the playoff talks at three and four. You can say that you're in the playoff talks right here, but yeah. Tennessee's going to run away with it, especially with beating the Chiefs. I don't see them backing out, but look at this. Well, Five so and, two, Raiders, four and two, three and four, three and four. Wow. Are the, the Chiefs Raiders done? holding it down? I was actually waiting. I wanted to speak on the Chiefs a little bit because, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's asking, you know, What's going on with the Chiefs? Have we caught up with them? It's very simple. You replaced five offensive linemen. It's very yep. simple. D- d- their defense was never good. Their defense was always just uh, good enough to have big-time turnovers and big-time moments. And they were never good. They were always in a shootout. It was always 30-point games. And they would come up with a big turnover in the fourth quarter. So I don't understand why people are so shocked on this. They don't have an offensive line. That means that Pat Mahomes doesn't have time to stand back there and pick and choose where he's going to throw the ball. He doesn't have time to scramble out and, and, and get these little, you know, 15, 20 yard games to keep it moving. So it's very simple. Offensive line. You change five starters. This is what you get. Facts. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Facts. Nothing to add to that. Yeah. That was perfect. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, their defense I, is their I, defense was better last year and it's worse this year. And their defense wasn't great last year. 
or the last? I don't think they're worse last year. I I I think you you look at it like this. To me, if you got a team with with a defense like theirs, they're they're just going for they're they're really going for big moments. And last year, you're you're scoring like every time you touch the ball. So the next the offense that comes on the field now they got to air it out. They have to air it out to keep up with Pat Mahomes and his scoring. So I don't necessarily think their defense was better last year. They were just their offense would put them in better positions when they're on the field. And they have less weapons on offense than they've yeah. had. And, and I think that's I, a problem. I think it has a little bit to do with, and we'll set this is a good segue into the Phoenix Suns in a second here, too, after we go over some NFC stuff. Is I think they're just so used to winning. And Jay, JJ, I'm glad you posted about that you just watched The Dark Knight and and the whole and the whole uh, trilogy again. I yeah. forget what Bane says his quote was when he's beating Batman. It's like victory is your weakness or something like that. Yeah, victory has I forget how how he words it, but you know what? That's that's kind of true. You're just so used to winning, you just think you can roll out the same things and the same you're gonna get the same effects. Right. And I think that's and I think that's kind of like with the Suns, too, where it seems like they were just going through the motions and some things expecting the same turnout. And it's not the case. And you got to figure out you got to win in different ways. And and they're figuring that out right now. Meanwhile, in the NFC, I mean, we see the horses, Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa, Rams, Cardinals. Those are the five teams. And I I, and yeah. And Tampa, I, I don't think it matters who these other teams are. So whoever is the sixth and seventh seed going into the playoffs and whoever's the, I think it's the two plays the seven, the the three plays the six. Is that the seeding? Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Right. Whoever that is, the two and the three seed, they're just going to have a cakewalk, man, because right now it's looking like you're going to play either the Vikings, who, who are actually fairly decent, who could make a push here, or the Saints, or maybe the Falcons can make a move. Roy thinks they're going to make a move. Of course, Roy does. But compared to these other teams, it just ain't it. So you see who the horses are in the NFC. I was hoping for a little more of a clearer picture after this week. We're not going to get it. We have to wait till next week. And there's some great games next week. So I'm going to stop sharing. And we need to go to some Phoenix Suns talk, you guys. One and two, blowing out the Lakers, getting blown out on a back-to-back to Portland. Uh, State of the Suns. Amit, where are we I at? mean, you know, it is what it is. Like, we've seen this before. Like, and you can see this through the NBA for the last several years where a team catches fire from three-point line on a back-to-back night, and you're just not going to win. Like, we lost – I can tell you specific games. The Wizards game. Um, Charlotte. Last Pistons, year, Charlotte. Game. Magic. There's a bunch of games where Magic, we just on a yeah. back-to-back, the other team just catches fire from three, and we lose, right? Um, I didn't have any problem with the way uh, – I mean, obviously, you'd lo- you you want to win that game. Um, I'm more happy about the Laker game because that yeah. we all said that was a must win. And um, the Suns just stomped them out. And, uh, you know, it, it got it got chippy. Um, the Lakers played dirty. There was a lot of, like, questionable plays in that game. Um, you know, we got in their heads. Yeah. We got in LeBron's head. Um, let's, campaign let's, did. Put, let's put it this way. Fact, the fact is that Laker game meant more to us. Yeah, it did. It just did. I think it took an a mental toll. I think it took an emotional toll. I think it took a physical toll to a point as well, too. And they really, really, really wanted it. And then maybe they were riding high thinking everything's going to be okay. Meanwhile, we're playing a rested Portland team who lost their first game. 
They have something they have to prove. They want to prove. We took care of business on them last year. What better way to come out guns a blazing? And what they won by almost 30 points. Like it was a great win for them. And they did a lot of good things. I think the score discrepancy just seems a little bit off. It just, it didn't feel like it was that big of a blowout. Cause I still thought we were playing and doing our thing, but CJ McCollum had a night. I loved how Alfred Payton came in and took care of McCollum on, on two quick possessions and got him out of there. I was really impressed with Alfred Payton. JJ, what did you, what were your takes from the game dog? Um, so I'll talk about the Lakers game real quick. Then I'll just segue into Portland. The Lakers game was big and it showed the lack of uh, just chemistry that the Lakers have currently. Russ, yeah. <laughs> Russ was bad. Uh, like uh, campaign was just giving them the business. Cam Johnson like was not afraid to go for the dunk on LeBron. And that was a foul. Okay. Uh, that um, in my opinion, that was a foul. Uh, Cam Johnson. Not an opinion, you, that's a fact. Yeah, like, like Cam Johnson, like, like I love him. I, I, I'm starting to lean towards of him starting over Jay, just because Jay's only hit two threes in the last three games, and he's missed I think fourteen threes now, thirteen or fourteen. Mm. And Cam is just green light right now, and he's looking good. He's, uh, he's uh, creating his own shot with the mid jumper, and Mikel in that Lakers game was on fire and and mikhail he's just upgrading too and uh javel uh he uh got uh, some of the switches down and stuff and paul and chris paul was just laying on ungrabbable balls to uh javel and he was putting him down so, uh, shout out to that and then chris paul uh he hit that crazy stat uh 20,000 points and 10 uh 10,000 assists shout out chris that that's a crazy crazy stat to think about 10,000 assists do you know how many like like players need to make that work? <laughs> but yeah, a uh, uh, shout out to him. Uh, but uh, in the Portland game, uh, like this is kind of like a brand new team. The additions of Larry Nance and uh, uh, who, who's the other guy that they got from Charlotte? Uh, I forget his name. Uh, the white dude, the center. Uh, Cody Zeller. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the additions of uh, Lance and. Uh, uh, Cody Zeller uh, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Lance, uh, uh, Nance looked uh, really good. Cody Zeller had a Sarge-like presence uh, down below. Uh, I wasn't expecting Norman Powell to be balling the way that he did. But overall, I, and uh, also I didn't expect them to play defense because we're not used to Portland playing defense like that. And Chauncey made everybody switch correctly. And they just came out with a chip on their shoulder, and they really wanted this game. So this Portland team is going to be – uh, something to watch out for because even Dame was playing defense and he does so much on the offensive side that usually he doesn't have to play D, but him, McCollum, and Norman Powell were just switching back, uh, like like crazy on uh, uh, Booker, Paul, and Mikhail. So, uh, yeah, sh uh, shout outs to them. But, um, yeah, uh, Portland just had one of those nights where they just couldn't miss. Yeah, like the Wizards game last year, Charlotte, yeah. Orlando, uh, Chicago uh, last year as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was just one of those nights, and uh, I like if Shervin uh, watches this later, uh, like be excited yeah. about your team. This team looks like really good. So, uh, and and I mean, Nurk. Oh yeah, they, go ahead. Just to just to follow up your point, they shot fifty four point three percent for the night, and a lot of those were there was quite a few contested, and they did a lot of things that the Phoenix Suns did. You know, that to find open stuff. I was just gonna pass it on to Jay, but then he just dipped. 
I'm uh, I'm not worried about the Suns. I think Portland is going to be a, a pretty decent team. As I said, it's early. Teams are getting their footing. We're getting our footing. I'm not worried. Jay, are you worried at all about either. where we're at right now? No, um, like we talked about, you know, on the first show, I think the Portland game was was very, very, very emotional on the Denver side. So I'm sure, uh, you know, that put some weight on our shoulders. We probably took some of that, carried that into the L.A. game where we had we were the opposite. We were the ones that were super emotional on it. Um, so I feel like, you know, kind of like what, uh, what J.J. said, you know, once we made it to the Portland game, it was already, you know, a situation where we were we were tired emotionally. Uh, we just got out of that big game with with L.A. We blew them out. Then they kind of came back at the end. So I know that kind of, you know, fe- feeds on you, too, when, it, when a team goes on a streak like that, even when you win. So, uh, Dame, Dame is Dame. Uh, when you play superstars like that. Uh, you got to be ready. You you can't have any slippage. Uh, you know what I mean? Because uh, they can go off. They can catch fire. Um, and that's another thing, too. I, I feel like Aiton struggles in games he shouldn't struggle in. It's games he should totally dominate the paint. And then he shows up against games where I would expect him to struggle. And so it doesn't – I can never pinpoint him. Is it – does he like he showed up in the bubble? He showed up in the playoffs. Does he need the bright lights on him to show out? I mean, like that Lakers game, like he only had like eight points, but he had 15 boards. But he was, like, yeah, but he was everywhere though. He did yeah, a lot of yeah, good things he was everywhere. everywhere. So I think when it comes to big games, and it was kind of like this last year, like in, in the last regular season, that when it came to like the bigger games, like he performed relatively well. Uh, but uh, but uh, again, he he had to carry most of the weight on the big man side last year. And now he has Javel, and I like uh, that Portland game. Not everybody performed well, um, besides like Booker and. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, we need to feed that man. We need yeah, to feed yeah, him do. the ball. Yeah, he, he had a lot of openings. No, we no, do. We do. No, no we no. do. Every time As he gets we- the damn ball, he wants to fade away. No, I'm well, saying when he gets in the middle of the paint, what happens is he himself is already attuned to the offense, 0.5. Let me kick it out for a three. Right. He needs to just turn around and just dunk it on somebody's head. He's got to get that Amari mentality. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't do that. He doesn't have that mentality. Like when he gets position in the paint, a lot of things, one, like they don't find him and then he stops doing it. Or two, he's getting overpowered and push and push and push. He forces it, and then he fades away. And that was my biggest pet peeve with DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, every once in a while he does his thing. And when he gets the ball in the paint, his footwork is actually fairly tremendous. But if it's yeah, anywhere it's outside really of the paint, outside of the circle, he just is getting pushed out all the and time. It, and he doesn't. And I'd have one note for him. I'd say you're leaning the wrong way, bro. Don't lean, lean away. Lean yeah. towards the rim. That's what you know needs. what I would think. He needs to just drive it. He needs to stop thinking. Yeah, yeah. So many times that I see DeAndre Ayton get the ball and is stuck thinking. Yeah. There was a time there was I forgot exactly what play it was in the playoffs last year, um, where he got the ball and he he grabbed it and he did the whole turn like 
open up to the right way. And he was wide open. And it took him a second, even after he turned and opened up, to realize that there was no one there. And then he took the one dribble and dunked. It was in the Milwaukee series. Yeah. Um, so, and and it and it was like, dude, you grabbed the ball, you felt no one's forearm on your back. Instead of turning around, like, who's here? Do I got a, a midget guarding me or do I got a seven footer guarding me? No one's guarding you. But instead of you realizing this, you do the whole, I'm going to do the, the, the half Kareem, I mean, um, uh, Elijah Wan shake and then open up. And then you realize you're wide open, take a dribble and dunk. But those are the things that I feel like DeAndre, I don't know if it's in the coaching staff, like pressuring him. I don't know if players get on him when he does mess up. But he's so fundamentally sound, and he's thinking way too much. He needs to let his instincts take over. I think I what mean, Aiden is uh, like doing, he's trying to be like Jokic a little bit. Like he scans the floor a little too much. Like we just need him to take the ball to the paint and just mm -hmm. put it up. Like, uh, yeah, like exactly what you're talking about. Like he does that turnaround and he just like looks around. Like if he just takes it, like who's really gonna stop him? Like Nurkic is slow. No one. Like he, he he's a good center. All he can do is put his hands up. Like Aiden is a lot more versatile, and he can put the ball in the hoop. If he misses it, okay, cool, just get back. But and he's yeah, stronger like than what he displays. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Good luck in school you tomorrow, know? Roy. Peace out, brother. Yeah, I, I just, I just wish, I really wish that DeAndre Aiden would just get a fire under his ass, and and shove the ball down people's throats. He's so. I, I hate. I hate how much finesse he's grown in his game because now it's starting to counteract from him. It's now it's starting to kind of remove from him. Like he's so, so worried about finessing the ball in and, you know, being gentle around the rim that he lost his aggression to me. He definitely um, is afraid of someone stripping him. Like he, he won't dribble because <laughs> yeah. I think he's worried that he's going to get stripped. And I, I play with a dribble. bunch of guys that just, and I do that too. Sometimes when you play with really good players, you're just like someone's going to strip me if I put the ball down. You don't want to do it. He does that, and so he kind of stays. Like when he catches the ball, he does it. He'll maybe take one dribble, right or left, and that's it. And then, like and then he's looking to pass. I'd like to see him face up too. If he's going to get it down low, maybe just just turn around real quick. Go do a quick face up. Yeah, yeah. And, and he it has do to that. be he the coach. At this point, right? It has to. be. I don't know. I think it's his mindset, no, though. I, I don't think, he's think so, young, man. Bro. He's only like 20, what is he, 23? It, it takes it takes yeah. three to four years as a big man to learn how to play a big in the NBA. That's the, from all the stuff that I heard the past few years, that is the number. And I've talked to uh, two NBA, former NBA players, and they kind of said the same thing. Keep in mind, he didn't start playing until he was like, what, 12 or 13? And one year at Arizona, he was 19 when he got when he got drafted. He's 23 now or 20. I think he's 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's still young. I get it. But, dude, for a $165 million player, you can't have this type of game. And then somebody on Twitter hit me up and they were like, yeah, well, Kobe one time had this, this and this. And I'm just like, you saw the damn fire and spirit in Kobe. You didn't. But you said one time. Ayton. Like, and here's the other thing, though. Playoff eight, <laughs> we saw it. We saw playoff Aiden. That's I your saw the aggression bar right now, dude. That's your bar, dude. I saw the aggression. Yeah, there were still play. There were still times where I wanted you to shove the ball down their throat. Yeah, there were still times where I was like, "Oh man, if you would have just dribbled and gone on that play." But I saw the aggression. I know you have it. 
So again, I, I feel like it's coaching. I feel like it, the coaches are like, you know, let's run through the offense. Uh, don't shoot too quickly. Like, I feel like the only person that really has a green light is Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker. And it's, it's very, you can see it. And the only other person I, I will add to the green light list is if Chris Paul and Devin Booker are not on the floor, something about the, the campaign light is just super green. He could do whatever the heck he wants. He has a little bit of Westbrook in him sometimes, man. It just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, takes, I do think we missed him to a point. We missed campaign to a point. Yeah. I actually liked Alfred's Payton, Alfred Payton's pace and how he played. I liked his defense. Uh, I thought he was able to make a few things happen. And with campaign, though, he does some stupid things sometimes, but there's just he's like that spark plug, though. And we mm-hmm. missed that. We missed a spark plug, a dude that can come in, light a fire under everybody else. And I think it was either Shervin or I'm Adam. Uh, thank you guys for joining. We really appreciate you uh, coming with us. But somebody said something earlier in the chat, and I think it was just the fact that we missed him, but that Devin Booker was kind of the only engaged player. And I want to say I thought Cam Johnson was very engaged because I've never seen him not be an engaged player. Uh, JaVale McGee was, but he was shacked in a fool a few times. But other than Devin Booker, I don't think anybody really had that killer mindset. Chris Paul sure as hell didn't that night. He didn't come out with that Lakers mindset. And I think yep. he played. I think the reason he played is because we didn't have a backup point guard. Otherwise, maybe he probably wouldn't have played that game. But you're right. To your point on Alfred Payton, you know, it just reminded me of his first term with the Suns. He he puts up numbers and you go, hey, it's the whole Jeff Green thing. We're like, hey, man, this guy might actually be good, but in reality, he's just putting up numbers and making it look like he's actually good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be. You're gonna hear a lot of Jeff Green from me this whole season. <laughs> yeah i i feel like you know alfred payton is we just grabbed him just because we got javon Car- we let go of javon carter and we just needed someone there um just in case but i i dislike having alfred payton on my team um he just doesn't bring any elements to me to me that we can't get from just another player out there um he has he does have solid defense i'll give him that um i just i don't know his like on-ball defense, I think, was uh, eye-opening whenever yeah. I watched the Knicks last year. Just eye-popping. Just his straight-up quickness. He's the second-fastest player in the league to maybe only campaign and Ish Smith. I can't think of anybody else faster than them. So, I I, I mean, we have trouble guarding the point guard spot if somebody's we do. going hot. So, I welcome that, but if campaign's healthy and – Chris Paul's healthy. Them dudes aren't playing. That's an interesting Correct. point. What you brought up with with Chris Paul, he probably wouldn't have played if the fact that campaign wasn't going to be out. So maybe his mindset was, "I'm gonna go off against the Lakers. I'm gonna take rest. a day to chill. And then I wake up in the morning. I'm gonna come down for breakfast, get a text. You got to play campaigns out. Oh fuck. Yeah. Now I gotta get and get. You, you know what I mean? Maybe it was something. That's like what that. it seemed I'm like. Not, I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure, but yeah, that's what it seemed like. But I mean, shout out to the Blazers. Blazers, I've always been a Chauncey Billups fan personally, so I'm happy that he gets a chance. I've always, always been a Damian Lillard fan. When I was coaching yeah. last year, Damian Lillard, my head coach was texting Dame back and forth, and Dame ended up sponsoring a lot of kids that couldn't afford shoes and stuff. And so he was actually able to help out, donate some stuff to the program. And so I got nothing but mad respect for Dame. So props to him. CJ McCollum just had a 
he had a fucking CJ McCollum game. That's why they drafted him. He's that dude. CJ's and dude. you know what? We need to focus on the Kings. The Kings kicked our ass last year one game. And we Man. have to come out with fire against them. Buddy Heald is on a mission. He wants to go somewhere. He wants to get paid. Former Phoenix Suns, Alex Len and Rashawn Holmes are going to be playing against us. So I can't wait to watch DA against them dudes. Because I've been saying there's a lot of things that DA does that Rashawn Holmes can do as well, too, for a lot cheaper price. But props to him getting the contract. Don't forget about Halliburton. Don't forget about De'Aaron Fox. They've got some dudes that can play. They've got a chip on their shoulders. They're nice. looking good. Halliburton's very nice. No, we we're not. We're not. No, damn it. I meant we're not getting into that. <laughs> we I know. I know, man. Hey, we're focusing on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, before we do go straight to the Kings real quick, because you brought up something the other, the other day, coach, is that Devin Booker didn't have a really good game that in Denver. Um, and, you know, looking at that, you know, LA game, he did kind of get back to himself, but I think that he, he did Davion more. Mitchell on Devin Booker, by the way. I can't wait for that match. Yes. That dude's yes, a dog. Be, yeah. He really is. But I think that Devin Booker, like you guys, everybody said on the cast today, he was more engaged in this game. And I feel like he was kind of making up for his disengagement in, in the first game. Facts. Facts. You know? and, and we might know. be seeing the uh, – not to cut you off, but we might be seeing Chris Paul and Devin Booker take turns in games just to kind of, you know – save their legs i can see it i somebody pointed out on twitter i want to see and I, i'm 100 for this i want to see point book and Shamit minutes yep Ooh. yeah i want to see that yeah. too i saw that on twitter as well yeah that oh, would be uh, beautiful a little off topic but uh coach uh you mentioned uh chris uh, duarte i had no idea who he was but uh his <laughs> first game he fucking went off dude dude duarte's yeah. a stud i hate him yeah, shout out stud. to him yeah I would actually like to see a lineup of Booker, Shamit, uh, Bridges, uh, Johnson, and Aiton yes. on the floor. If you have three movement shooters like that, and mm. if you put Aiton in there or somebody big like JaVale or it's somebody, a wrap. it's a wrap. I mean, but see, I don't want be... JaVale because it would be a lot of switching. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to have that in the first quarter because Chris Paul's always the first dude to come off because he's going to start the second quarter. Mm -hmm. And then you're probably going to have a Jay Crowder come off. So I could, I could definitely see that. It depends on who they're playing against. I mean, when you got a dude like Davion Mitchell or a Lou Dort or, you know, a really good on ball defender, maybe you don't want Booker doing that and handling that. So we might not see it this game. You could see it like against Cleveland or we, we might have a, a Ricky Ruby. I would like it against game. like Utah. Yeah. Ain't, ain't nobody guarding those dudes. Nobody on these teams, and don't anybody ever bring up to me that uh, what what's number number twenty three uh, on the Jazz? Royce O'Neal. Oh, don't bring Royce. up to me. Royce O'Neal is their best defender either. Royce O'Neal is a bum. <laughs> he's so slow. <laughs> he's so slow. So, he looks like he's out there with a Big Mac in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. So, Phoenix Suns. <clears throat> 
I said it going into this. It feels like the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit. They're rolling out the same things, expecting the same results, but that's not the case. Good thing for us. It's the NBA and not the NFL, and we've got 79 games left in the season. A lot of time to make up some stuff. We have an easy, easy, uh, okay, not an easy schedule, but we have a favorable schedule next four games. We're on, we don't play until Wednesday, and we're going to be here for a post-game podcast. We got Sacramento at home. Then we don't we wait until next Saturday. We got Cleveland at home. And then we wait again two more days for New Orleans at home. And then we got the Rockets at home next Thursday. And then all the way next Saturday, we got Atlanta at home. Atlanta is going to be a good game because they stomped mm-hmm. us last year. So that's going to be a good one. So we got one, two, three, four, five games at home until we travel at Sacramento again. So we got a favorable matchup coming up. We need to take advantage of this. And I don't think Sacramento is a must win, but maybe for the psyche a little bit, this could be a must win to a point. Anybody feeling that way with the Kings game or am I just off on this? Um, I don't think it's I a mean, must win in terms of like the standings and the scheduling and stuff, but I feel like the team is going to take it like, yo, we need to get right. And, th- and they're going to take care of business. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I mean, we're one, two, uh, but uh, like, I would like to stay even, you know, and like we can definitely go on a run right here and uh, make like a push to the one seed real quick. If we sweep these games, uh, these upcoming games, but the Sacramento team, they have some pieces. Uh, so this game would definitely be interesting. It's, it's going to be mean, back and forth. I mean, if you ask me, we just, we just came from the NBA finals. There's no way we, we, we should be losing to teams like Sacramento. I think this is a must win. Um, we, we don't, you know, we come out and, you know, we lose to Denver, um, which we had stomped them in the playoffs. Then we come out and we smack LA uh, then we come back and Portland beats us, and then we turn around and lose to Sacramento. Nah, um, not yeah. from a, not from the defending Western Conference champion. So we, and that's the thing I, I want to make sure that we understand as a team, we've put our bar different. We've set ourselves up to a different, you know, tier, and we need to play up to that caliber. Um, we can't be going out and losing to teams like Sacramento. They're not, and they don't have playoff hopes. You know what I mean? So that's that's the way I view it. I think this is a must win. Yeah, I completely agree. We're we're all in agreement there. We're all a little bit disappointed. We all expect more of DeAndre Ayton. We expect Devin Booker to show up nine out of ten games, and he only did, didn't show up one game. Chris Paul sure as hell didn't show up, but we all have our own conspiracy theory about that. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a really interesting game on Wednesday. So I'm glad we're going to be here Wednesday night afterwards to kind of talk about this and give, get a state of where we're at. Because if we lose By that way, game, I, man. I just want to say one thing. I don't know if you guys watched the the McGee minutes, but like he would get the ball and they were actually making him like a focal point of the offense. Like he would catch it at the yeah. elbow and do stuff. And I'm like thinking about Aiton and I'm just like, are we doing it because JaVale is just he, – he's a vet and, like, he kind of – he people know how he plays? Or is it kind of a slight mm. to DA that they're just doing that? Because I, I saw it and I'm like, this isn't working, bro. Like, it, like even though – even though this dude is <laughs> – exactly. Even though <laughs> this, dude, this dude is making some plays, like, why are we asking him to dribble from the three-point line down? Like, we don't ask – And taking jump shots at the top of the key. Exactly. Like, what? But – 
But that's that's Shaq in a fool for you. I mean, JaVale always ends up on Shaq in a fool because some team that he's on at the time makes him do some weird thing and he ends up in the fifth row of some stadium. So like yeah. JaVale McKee's known for that. But why would I don't know what it is either? Why are we giving him the ball there? He should just be catching at the rim. Why does he yeah, ever get the I, ball I, any I of his teams? Oh. Second second unit needs time to time to gel. Yeah. He did not look good first part of last year. Shamet's still still learning. We're learning what to do with Javel. I mean, the dude is just so big, you can't miss him. So, like, it's an easy pass, too. You know what I mean? So we got we got three new guys on that second unit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. No, just two, just Shamet and, and McGee. I mean, Nader's coming in. He didn't play a whole lot of minutes either. Fucking so Nader. you really got Cam Johnson and Campaign and everybody else. Just, they're, yeah. they're trying to and find Alfred. their footing together. You know what I mean? And then Alfred came in, right? So, like, Give it time. So I'm giving it 20 I, I, I games. I'm giving it 20 games. 20 games. I have a question. Is Frank has Frank worked to have we worked Frank off this team? I mean, I want to say so. Year. We just don't need him right now. Right now, so you think we should still keep him kind of placed over there? I, I honestly think we've kind of worked him off the team. Like, uh, like we're just trying to see what Javel can do. I think a little later on in the season, I think Frank will have. Maybe, he'll have his like, role. Like, well, yeah, like like ten minute stretches possibly. I, I think yeah, we still got bounce back and forth. He had really good chemistry with uh, Mikhail Bridges. Don't forget that last season. Yeah, that he yeah. was finding uh, more cuts, and I think we can use that. Yeah. And you know, he, he, the fact that he can actually shoot the three a little bit, we're gonna yeah. need his. We're gonna need him. He'll, there'll be a time Aiton will he's go out, or or McGee will go out. Like he's gonna get used, and that's why we have a deep bench. So I'm not worried about Frank Kaminsky because ain't nobody else. And he's really bought in, dude. He has nowhere else to go. Yeah, he's he, he's yeah. he's good. On the, you have on, on a basketball team when you're when you're rounding out your roster as a team, and when I pick my team, you have to pick guys that are going to be a good 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th man. You know yes. what I mean? You have to pick pros that are going to be able to accept that role and ride with it. And when your number is called for a game, he'll come in and he'll give you. Eight points, six rebounds in sixteen minutes, and he'll do some good things. So hit two threes. It's too early to tell. Trial. I'm giving it twenty games, especially with yeah. an eighty-two game season. You know what? Don't even talk to me until Christmas. After Christmas, <laughs> we can start having a real legitimate conversations. We're just noticing some trends and what's going on, but we need to segue into our last segment real quick. This will be a quick one, but real quick, we are sitting at fifty-nine followers on He's on Fire Podcast uh, Network on the on the YouTube channel. Please share this out and subscribe. Let's at least get to sixty by the night is over. Help us out. Appreciate everybody that has been on vlog burner john suggs thank you shervin i am adam uh every, anybody else that i forgot i apologize but thank you for coming on we really appreciate you we do have some exciting news we're gonna kind of have a one-off segment on tuesday night uh i uh jay remind me which time is 7 a.m local valley time is that correct or 7 p.m local valley time uh i believe uh that is correct yeah 7 p.m local valley time any arizona state sports fans or even arizona rattlers fans you're really going to enjoy this we are going to welcome on jamal miles one of yes, the more sir. electric and dynamic players in arizona state history arizona rattlers history shit he was with the team just for an offseason probably the jaguars history as well too <laughs> so real. i'm really looking forward to talking to talking to him i think he was uh uh one of the top players in the state when he came out of yeah. high school at Peoria, he was a four-star recruit. 
So it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to talk about him because he was with the Dennis Erickson years and then yes. the start of the Todd Graham years. He yeah, played he with dudes both. like Mike Willie, Jarrell Robinson, all the way up to uh, him being the focal point on offense at wide receiver, but then kind of being pushed out by like Cam Johnson and uh, – or sorry, not Cam Johnson. I'm, I'm forgetting Cam Marshall the running yeah. back and DJ Foster, Marion Grice and it was and Chris Coyle. So it was just a really There's, that was a big that was a all. really good running back room too. That was a great running back room. I mean, you have Grice, Marshall, uh A State who was a uh, DJ Foster, big big on Arizona State and then Chris Coyle. It was just kind of a weird I thought he was going to get so many touches and everything just went down for him. So I'm curious to see what he says about it. I want to talk to him about his NFL stint up in Canadian football, uh, being a United Bowl champion for your Arizona yes. Rattlers. So I really yes. can't wait. So Tuesday, we're having a one-off He's on Fire podcast uh, presented by ASAP. And Sports just a correction, I did look. Yeah. No, it's at 8.30 Pacific time. 8.30 Pacific time, 7.30 my time, or 8, 9.30. Yeah. I don't know. Pacific time, you got it. Valley time. Anyway, 8.30 Pacific a, time. That's the good 8:30 one. <laughs> that's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to welcome really Jamal Miles on. So please share that out when you see that on Twitter. But uh, Amit, and I know you're not really a huge Arizona State fan. So uh, do you want to hang out with us or, or you want to take off, Amit? I'm a, I'm a bounce. I'm a bounce. I'll let you guys talk Arizona well, State. You got to give us some words of wisdom before you leave, my friend. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, um, the Sun season, like, we got to take – they started at 8-8 eight eight last year, and then they won over 75% of the rest of the games this season. So um, this team should be in that same clip where they're going to win 72 75% of their games. You don't need to worry about the early part of the season. They're kind of figuring things out. They're adjusting to their opponents – that are, as you've said, coach, they're coming for them. So they got to figure yeah. that out. Um, Cardinals, I mean, Thursday night. I'd love to say yeah, we win we that got game. Thursday night. I'd love to say we win that game, but I feel like we're going to take an L. But okay. it's really, I think the real test is we're going to see the defense against the best, right? The best quarterback. So yep. let's see what our defense can do because we haven't really played, you know, somebody of this level at quarterback yet. And this will be a really good test, especially for the playoffs, because I think the teams that really pose us problems are the Bucks and the and the and the Packers. Um, I think everybody else is kind of in the middle. So you know, this is we'll see what kind of pressure we can get. We'll see. Hopefully, we're not playing as much zone because even like Davis Mills can pick us apart in zone. Um, <laughs> so so hopefully we don't play that much zone and we and we play man to man with pressure. Um, and hopefully hopefully Chandler Jones is back. But, um, you know, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. That is fair enough. And who do you have Monday night football tomorrow night? New Orleans at Seattle. Who you got? Saints. There um, you go. Seahawks are with backup quarterback. They haven't really looked good on defense. Um, Saints aren't that great either, but, you know, uh, LASIK Jameis is there, so let, let, he, he might pull it out. We'll see. I'm at – Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we'll talk on Wednesday. We'll catch up soon, brother. See you guys. Cheers. See you, Amit. Well, college football was interesting as hell. I don't know if y'all saw the, saw the nine overtime game between Illinois upsetting Penn State. Nine overtimes and the score was 19 to 17? That game was irritating. Someone catched the fucking ball. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? Now, 
that was crazy. And then thank God my second favorite team, Michigan Wolverines, looking mighty, upsetting Northwestern. Cincinnati almost lost to Navy, who has one win. Oklahoma had it had uh, issues with Kansas. There was a second there where I thought Tennessee was going to be able to take care of Alabama. That obviously didn't happen. We just talked about Illinois, Penn State. Iowa State upsets number eight, Oklahoma State. Oregon looked pretty dookie against UCLA, but they were able to pull it off. I'm grateful and thankful and pray to whatever y'all play at, pray at at Notre Dame that you could take care of USC to keep them crumbling. I'm loving that. Wake Forest, that was the team that I told you about. They scored 76 po- 70 points to 56 against Army. And and, and listen how about, to this. Go ahead, go ahead. How about Appalachian State knocking off Coastal? Thank you. That, that happened on Thursday night. Yeah. That was that big was crazy. Yeah. Okay, so total yards first down passing. So so I guess they don't have that many plays. So 20 what's 29 and 23 uh four okay so they had 52 plays they had 52 plays and they had the ball for 17 minutes and 17 seconds they had the ball for 17 minutes and scored 70 <laughs> points that's insane that dude. does not happen what are they what were they averaging per what is it that has to be a record yards per pass was 20.8 yards per rush was 7.8 goodness gracious they look did at this anything they wanted 46 i mean goodness gracious and it was all basically three receivers yeah and they did anything they wanted that a guy was, put up 157 and a guy yeah. put up 146 wow two receivers put up 300 17 yards minutes 70 points that's insane. i've never seen that before gracious. we might not see that again unless it's bama against uh some crazy uh, team. They, they can't be an sec team they'll at least slow them down for that but I mean, granted, Army did score fifty-six points, so the I mean, play was going back and forth, and they had the opportunity. It was just one of those NCAA games, man. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> okay, Army now, defense is close to last place. I know, I know. Now, but seventeen minutes and seventy points. No, let's talk about Penn State real quick. Is their defense? I, I mean, as good as their defense looks like it is, obviously they're just holding everybody to low-scoring points. That offense can't hang with nobody. So, they, I mean, can they really slow down like a, a Alabama or Oklahoma and win? We we're gonna find out next week when they play Ohio State. Yeah, ah, Ohio State we're doesn't gonna, have that same gonna, dynamic. It, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it's gonna happen. But. I'm actually really way more excited for uh, uh, Michigan, Michigan State next week. But that's just me. me. I am too. Um, What what else happened? We got, oh, yeah, Miami coming in and upsetting NC State in that game. San Diego State continuing to do what they do and winning. Pitt winning and then Wisconsin beating Purdue, which I guess is kind of an upset. Roy, you locked off, but your your Razorbacks won, although it was Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah. Uh, K State getting a win over Texas Tech and just kind of going through. Can we talk for a quick second about the Oklahoma uh, showdown, the the QB situation over there? Um, I feel like they they pulled that way too early, way too early. Yes, yes. Because okay, even though Oklahoma won um, in this Kansas game, the first half they kind of had a lot of struggling going on, and I think the quarterback was out of sync, and it just kind of looked really bad. And the first thing that popped in my head, and then you started hearing it echoing through the commentators, was, you know, is, are we going to see Spencer? Are we going to see Spencer? And I think, you know, being in 
or shit. Exactly. And, and Spencer's really good. But so is Caleb. Rejected! I don't like Spencer Rattler. I'm just throwing that out there, but go ahead. <laughs> you don't at all? No, I don't like his demeanor. I don't like the shit okay. that I saw from him from, from different uh, uh, clips and shows. What is it? The the 11 on 11? Just just how he is and how he talks to his teammates like i'm just i'm not about that life and and i just don't like him i'm not i'm not rooting for anybody to fail oklahoma yeah, yeah, yeah. has nothing to do with my team you know what i mean but i mean it might if we're already talking about where is spencer rattler going to transfer to and asu is already on that list like yes that scares the shit out of me i don't want spencer rattler but maybe maybe this helps him I mean, to your point, though, I, I don't see, like his demeanors see? either. Shervin just said it right there. Right, let's see? see next year. Yeah, I mean, but again, I agree with you, though. I don't like his demeanor either. Um, I don't like when he does mess up. He kind of, like, get, gives that I'm defeated look. Um, you're right. Uh, John, I feel you about the overrated thing. I've been saying that about Cincinnati, but they keep proving me wrong. Granted, a weaker conference but they keep proving me wrong. Um, some other things that went down that that are Pac-12 relevant, BYU is 4-0 in the Pac-12 beating Washington State, and that just mm -hmm. pisses me off. Me too. Arizona State is going to play Washington State next week, and I think the line was already 20 points. That's sure. insane to me. That is absolutely insane, but I hope, it, I hope it happens that way because the big one, the big one for Sun Devil fans, USC. Utah, Lost no Utah lost to Oregon State. Oh, yeah, that lost about the week after. No, that loss ties them now. Obviously, Utah yes. has a tiebreaker, but Utah has UCLA coming up. They got to play Washington. Uh, they got to play Stanford, and they've got to play Oregon. Oregon's going to be coming in, and then to end the year, they should get a win against Colorado. But that loss just opens the door gates, yeah, for Arizona State. So. Where's Arizona State at right now? I don't give a damn where they're at as long as they come out with a victory on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to talk to Jamal Miles about that to see if he still follows the program and is a fan or or keeping track on them. But they need to come out and they need to take care of business and, in a, and really in a big way and handle them. I want a 50 burger. I want a goddamn 50 burger from Herm Edwards. I want to hold them to under 20 points. I want some fire in their damn belly coming off and, of a loss. And I want to see Jalen running a little bit more. I want to see Jalen throw for 300 yards in a game, dog. Can you yeah. see that? Jaden Daniels, can you throw 300 in one game? I mean, I know we got dope running backs, but I want to see that. I mean, there's Go nothing off. to lose now. There's nothing to lose. We Air have nothing to lose. Air it out. Go for it. Show some different things on film. I'm very passionate about this because after yeah. the Arizona State loss against Utah, dog, I was crushed. I was yeah. crushed. And it had nothing yeah. to do with Utah. I, I don't like Utah. My wife went there, and we did not have a good experience watching that game together. But it had nothing to do with what Utah did and what they stand for, fans, yada, yada, yada. had everything to do with Herm Edwards, the way he coaches his damn team, and Antonio Pierce, him being defensive coordinator and not looking the greatest in his role considering your recruiting violations. And then AP goes out, scrubs his Twitter of Arizona State stuff. There's all these weird reports that he's flying to LSU for something. And it, I'm pissed off and passionate about it because this staff is going to leave Arizona State in a worse place than when they came in. And that is hard to do considering Coach Todd Graham had them dead last in pass defense. And we were the joke and nobody respected us because of Todd Graham. 
So I'm passionate about this. I want a 50 burger. I want a dominant fucking win because this is it for her met words. This is it. If we come out yeah. and win 30 to 28, I'm going to be pissed, man. I'm going to be pissed. So, so uh, JJ, you've been following me on this journey. Jay Ness, we really haven't gotten a chance to talk about a lot of Arizona state stuff. So Ness, I take it away. I'm curious to see what your talk is on this. Um, I'm right there with you. Um, that BYU game really kind of put a wrench in everything. Um, we, we got a little bit, and then for them to come back and get beat, uh, by, ba uh, by Boise state like that, it just really put a, you know, put a sour taste in my mouth. And then uh, Baylor after that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Baylor wasn't as much as, as them coming back the week after losing to Boise state. Yeah. Um, so, but to, to kind of fast forward, you know, I really, um, I'm kind of just as excited as you are, um, after that Utah loss, cause it really propels us to where it kind of saves our season. We're now back in control of our mm -hmm. destiny. We can win out. I mean, look at our look at our five games to close out. We got Washington State. We got USC, which USC is not nothing to worry about right now. Nope. Um, nope. We got the Washington Huskies. They've had their struggles. I'm not worried Green about Ford. them. And the, and then we got Oregon State. And honestly, out that's of the, the four, toughest, out of the ones we stayed, the that's game. the toughest game. Um, you know, in Arizona, I mean, we're just trying to put up, you know, score a 40 point spread on them. <laughs> that's that, that's They're our goal on them. You know what I mean? So I really think with what we have left on the table, we're in control. Yes. Suggs, I, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that too. Like, I, I don't want to say we're in control because we're not in control of our destiny. And that's what pissed me off about the Utah game so much winning that game puts us in the driver's seat of our own destiny, whereas we still need them to lose another game. And Kyle Whittingham, man, I mean, they have they have a way of doing stuff voting in November. Like that's just the U that's what that's what Utah does and they have a tough schedule. But this is also a weak ass Pac 12 lineup where Oregon's gonna play down to their competition. You're gonna play Oregon's at gonna Utah that game. They play down to their competition. They're playing at Utah. I can see a scenario where they come in there and they're ready to go. Utah, I mean. They're going to play yeah. a top 10 team, and they're ready to go. Whittingham is a hell of a coach. Nobody's done more with less talent in the Pac-12 than him. True. Nobody. And so I, I am worried that they can run that table. So this Oregon State team game was, was a blessing but we still need to worry about them. So I, I disagree that we're not in the driver's seat, but we have a chance to, you know, be on their ass, on Utah's yeah. ass, I mean. We really do. And they play UCLA next week, too. Yeah. You're right. Kayvon, yeah. Oregon would be undefeated. Injured. Kayvon Thibodeau, like, however you spell his name. Yeah, yeah, I know. What, what else can you say about Kayvon, man? Like you got a double team, that dude. He's Judge Davian Clowney from South Carolina, man. Nasty. You have to double and triple team, and that still might not work. Uh, JJ, you followed me along on this Arizona State quest this year. Give me your two cents. If, uh, if, uh, well, I'll just start with that. That Utah game was a shit show. And it kind of showed everything that I wasn't necessarily exposed to the last couple of years with Herm Edwards being the head coach and Pierce being the defensive coordinator. It's just a lack of motivation with those two uh, as of right now. And like I rewatched that uh, Utah uh, game uh, a couple of days ago. I didn't watch it uh, the day it transpired. I had to like keep up with it. But yeah, just like 
a lack of accountability and like they just need to bring it in like this uh, uh this Washington State game like like this shouldn't be a big game we should have beat BYU and we should have beat Utah and like this like uh we this is a must win for ASU uh, uh oh, if uh, not yeah. yeah like like if not then like w- like what are we Fire talking about I'm I'm yeah. done so <laughs> Like I, I understand y'all's frustration and stuff, and like this Pac-12 is not intimidating. There's no team mm. that can really step foot to foot with ASU when it comes to talent, uh, as as far as I can see. Uh, but yeah, like uh, 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 Jaden needs to throw for 300 yards. He came close uh, a couple games ago, but in the uh, Utah game, he came close and they stopped throwing the damn ball. They just stopped. yeah. Like some of the decision making, I don't know what it is. I know uh, Jaden is just uh, following orders, but like he needs to take control of the game, and like uh, and our defense just needs to step up. You know, like they can't be on the field as much uh, because they get gassed pretty quickly, and that's what happened in the BYU game, and sadly that's what happened uh, in that Utah game. So this Washington State game is a must win, and then they need to beat uh, USC the next week. Uh, for them to just, they will. I, I kind of have sights on the crown, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. This should be a win because Washington State, as far as everything that I've read about them, they're not entirely the most intimidating team. I think they're third in uh, the Pac-12 North. So, uh, like record-wise, they're not too crazy. But again, uh, they have uh, some uh, some talented pieces on there. But there's no reason why ASU shouldn't they, dog walk them. They just lost their coach. Uh, yeah, uh, Nick Qanon Rolovich decided not to get his shot. Instead, he he forfeited his millions of dollars and decided to take a stand. Good for you. Take your political stand all you want. But they don't have a coach now. They don't have a head coach. And I think that is that's the thing where you, when you go into this game, you really need to put it on them. Put it on them fast. You need to go up twenty-one nothing early. You really do. So. That's that's really all I want to say because I I don't want to get my hopes up with them because I know what's looming after this year. I know we're losing our coach. We're losing our whole staff. Players are going to transfer, and it's going to be an absolute shit show of a program. But I also don't want to get to the point where I think the season's over. I mean, we don't know when we're going to be good again. So I also want to take advantage of it, and it's a weird fucked up place that we're in as sun devil fans all thanks to ray anderson and herm edwards being buddy buddy so oh jane um, yeah go uh yeah i I just want to touch on spencer rattler real quick uh i didn't get a chance to talk about him earlier so i played him in high school uh like he's a fucking dog like uh he's good it's just oklahoma's o-line isn't the best and then he was just like thrown into like a pit you know so uh, I definitely like their backup better in that Oklahoma uh, program. I think he more fits the system. I think Rattler should go to U of A possibly. Like, like what does he have to lose? Yeah. Um, elevate the program, right? Yeah, elevate the program and bring in some views and uh, probably some uh, just a lot of exposure. You know, hometown kid. But I think Jaden's going to stay another year after the coaches are gone. I don't see him transferring or anything like that. So uh, we'll see. I think he will. Yeah. I think he will because he wants to go to. He's going to need to go to a, a a program that can make it so that he can throw three hundred plus yards a game. I guess it depends on what kind of coach you bring in. Yeah, but, exactly. 
yeah. I but mean, it's Herm, Herm Edwards. You're going to run, 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 throw. Run, 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 throw. Urban Meyer. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> but, I mean, where would, where would he go? Where would he have the opportunity to go and oh, play? Oh, man, somebody, somebody will want him. Yeah, somebody will want him. But where could he actually go and – where, I mean, what team Anywhere. would be worth him transferring to? You're talking that would have an opening. You're talking a USC type of place. You're talking a Tennessee. You're talking Michigan. Uh, you're talking a Florida Oregon. State. Nah, he. Uh, okay. I don't think I don't I mean, think Michigan, he would transfer interconference. Yeah, I mean, I could see you saying like a Michigan or something like that. Louisville, I could see him going to Louisville. He'd, he'd Louisville be great at Louisville. That yeah. actually fit in. What is two? Uh, where's uh, what's what's his name's year? Where, where's he at? When Maryland to his brother? I have no idea. Yeah, is he, is he a senior? No is he either a junior or senior? Because he might be out of there. Yeah. That might be a decent team for him to go to too. John Miami would be tight. Miami, I could. I don't know about that. I could. You he's a, he's a West either. Coast dude. I didn't think about that. Florida I mean, State might be interesting too. If you don't, I mean, he's he's too late in his career. I don't. Why would you go to a, such a crappy organization like <laughs> program? Leave I mean, ASU. there's a lot. He, he'd go to so many places. He that dude is talented. He is special. He does have that it factor. He has two years of eligibility, considering with the, with the COVID year. So. I don't think it's in his best interest to to go to the NFL right now. I really don't. But he has the talent, so I could see it. I could see him doing that. But it'd probably be like a Jahee Carson type of situation. Anybody that is, doesn't know, Jahee Carson was a stud basketball player for Arizona State basketball. Went to the pros too early and didn't get drafted. And now I think is playing in Australia or something like that. But we are over an hour and a half at this point. We are going to close it out. It is 11 o'clock on my time. Before we go, we're going to do two things, three things. We're going to go around the horn. I want to get Monday Night Football prediction. I want to get a Cardinals-Packers prediction. And then leave us with some final words. JJ, let's start with you. Um, So for tomorrow's Monday Night game, uh, I got the Saints. There's no reason why the Saints uh, shouldn't win. Uh, Geno Smith, you know, that's your competition there. So, like Saints pull it out. Uh, I think I think it'll be a two score game. Uh, I don't see him keeping it close, but I, I don't expect uh, Jameis Winston to go off uh, with the Green Bay game. Uh, I've been sort of right about my predictions recently, and I'm feeling kind of good on this Green Bay game. I think uh, You've I been think on. yeah, I've been on. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, and I I think we're going to keep it a two score game. But I think Cardinals win by ten. I love it. I love that. You've been on, so I'm going to follow your lead. Jay Ness, what do you got for us? Plus, we're at home. <laughs> so I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. I got Seattle beating the Saints. Um, they played Pittsburgh so well last week. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think Monday Night Football is just going to infuse a little bit more um, into Geno. Um, <clears throat> so I got Seattle uh, beating the Saints, and I got them beating them by three. Um, I think I that, uh, they'll come back tie the game. We'll have a late, late, uh, field goal uh, in the game. So I got that now, as far as the green Bay and, uh, the Cardinals, I got us winning by two and, you know, it's, it's because of the, the, the heroics that we've had in the past with these two matchups. We know how these games end. We know what Aaron Rodgers is about. 
And uh, we know Kyler Murray's not going to, you know, let any time wasted on the clock. So if we're in striking range, if they're in striking range, it's going to be, you know, down to the last play. So I got Cardinals winning by two um, late, two late uh, field goals in these two games we're talking about. Um, Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom for our fans. Listen, we are 7-0. We're going to start entering uncharted territory here. Um, don't be afraid to take a loss. Don't panic when we take a loss. It's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. almost at this point, it's almost okay for us to take a loss. We need a loss coming up here soon. That way we can know what this feels like, uh, before we get deep into this playoff run. Uh, this is our year. Um, and, uh, we need to make sure we don't get complacent. Uh, so don't be afraid of a loss. You guys don't be afraid of a loss. It's not the end of the world. And I, I honestly, I'm not trying to jinx us, but it's coming. And I want it to come soon, sooner rather than later. I feel that that is smart. I'm going to go with a New Orleans win. I'm going to go with an Arizona Cardinals win. I think it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be like an eight point, eight point win. Okay. And word words of wisdom, just consume as much ASAP Sports Network content as possible because there are quite a few smart people that we have working these podcasts and you can get a lot of good sports information and fill your knowledge with it. That's just my word of wisdom. Um, I don't think we quite got to our 60 subs. <laughs> we'll get there. And, and that's another thing, guys. Um, I'm not sure which uh, platform you guys use. If you're on Facebook, I know Suggs, that's our that's our dude right there. Appreciate uh, the, you. Thank you. One of the uh, viewers of the year right there. No, but I don't know where you guys are at, but um, subscribe to us on YouTube, both um, the He's on Fire podcast, personal podcast, and the ASAP network. Um, you know, just just roll with us, guys. We're moving through. We're trying to push it, help us grow. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you coming along with this journey. Um, also big shout out to rough nation. Uh, they had a big fight out here at celebrity theater, um, yesterday. So big shout out to them. Uh, that was a wonderful show as well. Uh, l- let me throw in my words of wisdom real quick. Uh, since oh, we missed around. you JJ, oh. please. And then we'll get out of here. Uh, so sounds fans pump the break. All right. Like we're just getting into the season. Like the bucks just got blown out. Like, uh, so like, like the good teams are losing, you know, uh, Hornets like we have just some, beat the Nets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hornets just beat the Nets. Like, just take it easy. All right. Give us 20 games and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it then. All right. I know we can nitpick all we want. Suns Twitter can be a toxic place, but just, just take it easy, you know, and Cardinals. Yeah. We're due for a loss, but we, we are playing some great football and it's so hard to beat this team. And this Green Bay team, like, it's not star uh, stunning, but they have some pieces. And, yeah. like, Rodgers, he's one of the goats of all time. And Devontae you know, Adams. Devontae Adams is a dog. We just yeah. need to keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands. Our defense needs to bring it and just close it out. And, like, if, if we kick field goals all game, cool. As long as we win, I'm totally fine. <laughs> but – like 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 we're playing some great football we're not getting lucky like this is, this isn't the carolina uh 2015 team that had a cupcake ass season all right we we've my man like yeah we're dog walking teams 
We've been in four <laughs> playoff teams, at, and like we're we're looking good. And hey, so, say that part again, JJ. We've beaten what? Wait, let me turn on the echo. echo. Four, four playoff, playoff teams. teams. Um, Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> like, Boom shakalaka. We're, we're playing amazing football. So, Cardinals fans, keep up. Max Garcia, please snap the ball right. I love you, bro. Yeah. One more game without <laughs> Rodney Hudson. One more game without Rodney Hudson, and then he's eligible to uh, come off of IR. But I love you. I love going, you, bro. <laughs> we are going to jump out of here. Suns fans, I want you to do something, though. Watch DeAndre and ask yourself, is he worth more money than Devin Booker? Thomas says, peace out. And it is caught! It's coming, Matthews. Palmer extending the play. Crosses the field. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is insane to the four-yard line. Battle looking, throws an alley. Oh!